Hello, this is the Field Goals Podcast. I am Dana O'Gorman. We are the tail end of the Seahawks bye week. We are looking forward to the game on Sunday to the Raiders, but we've kind of really dissected of quite a few things over the last empty week after the fantastic Germany game. And so this week I thought for the podcast, we would go ahead and check out what is coming up. Look forward. What are we looking at? And we're not talking about playoff predictions. We're not talking about Super Bowl predictions. You know, we're not talking about any of that. We just want to, I just wanted to look at the schedule, kind of set our expectations, what we're thinking. And I thought there's no one better to do that with me this week than Field Goal's very own Dan Beans, who you guys have heard this whole time. He has graciously been continuing to do the podcast while I was overseas at the game. Dan, thanks so much for joining me. It's good to be on again. It feels like it's been a minute. I know. I feel I, I had that little two week break and I feel like I've had a whole summer off from school or something. It's very strange. Yeah. So it's good to get back and talk about this team. Um, I want to start with um, I was lucky enough to go to Germany to be at that Seahawks Tampa Bay game. And being at a game is very different than watching on TV, as all of you guys know. I really enjoyed this game, even though going back and watching it, the first half was not pretty. The second half was much better. But I have to be honest with you, Dan, I was not really shocked that Seattle lost this game. I was expecting a, a, a hiccup of a game, and I didn't know if it would come from Arizona. I didn't know if it would come from Tampa Bay, but I had a feeling that the success Seattle was having was real and legitimate, but they were going to hit a speed bump somewhere. What, what did you think? I mean, after the Cardinals game, when they played so well, what, what did you think about this loss to Tampa Bay? I'm kind of with you. I, I think there's a couple factors at play here. First of all, I think people got duped a little bit into thinking that Tampa was down this year and that right. they that their record was reflective of their talent because they'd lost those three straight games. And and it really wasn't. I mean, it's still a very, very talented roster, basically the exact same roster that won a Super Bowl two years ago and challenged for one last year, especially on defense and and I don't think enough was made this, you know, in that game about how they got Akeem Hicks back and um, Antoine uh, Winfield. Um, that's a really good defense. And um, and they just had had, for whatever reason, struggled on offense. And I think that led people to think that maybe we're seeing the the downside of Tom Brady's career or that the things he's dealing with off the field were somehow affecting his sure. play. They just looked like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we've come to expect the last couple of years. And it took the Seahawks a half to adjust to that. But I came away from the game with a lot of positives, honestly, because even though there were some execution issues in the first half, and certainly there were some execution issues for the first time in about six weeks against the run, I think those are fixable things. And they certainly didn't beat us up physically at all. And once the Seahawks made the adjustments that they did make at halftime, especially offensively, I thought it looked like the team that we've seen for the last 10 weeks. And so even though it was a loss, um, going into the buy at six and four can in no way be considered a failure of any kind. None of us thought we were going to be sitting here in the bye week. No one. Of it, looking forward to this Raider game, talking about a six and four team that's that's in position to potentially win the division. So, yeah, it would have been much nicer to be seven and three. But um, I don't know if there's such a thing as a good loss. I think there's still some positives to be taken away from that game. Agreed. I, I, I'm I'm glad that it wasn't a loss to Arizona. I think that that would have influenced so many other things. And 
and, and put a different spin on this loss. I will tell you that that my observations, and I know everyone we're like a couple of weeks past this game now, but my observations being there was that the field was a huge issue. And I mm-hmm. I think that I mean, I know Bruce Irvin tweeted about it. Lots of people had talked about it, but I don't know that enough people have really talked about the level to the field. This is a soccer field, right? They are, they're made to be soft. They're made for players to fall down on. And the NFL had told them their requirements. Apparently they had met those requirements, but Mm. they at halftime, I knew it was a huge problem watching it, but at halftime, if you've ever been to a soccer game, they go out and they stomp the field, right? They put the divots back in to the ground, they, any of the clumps that have come up from a soccer field, they push them back down at their feet. They don't do that in the NFL, but they did that in this game. And so mm-hmm. that's when I knew that there was something up there. Not saying that was the reason for the loss. I'm just saying it could have been yeah. an issue for why Seattle looked so slow at the beginning of this. Yeah, I think it did mitigate our, mm-hmm. our our quickness, especially, and it may have affected the running game. I think Kenneth Walker's game is is predicated a little bit on cutback and, sure. and and change of direction. Whereas Tampa Bay was pretty successful running North and South against yeah. us. It could have been a fact. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, and I think a lot of people have mentioned also that, and, and Pete Carroll admitted it himself. He, he made a coaching error. He didn't even bother to focus on the run game at the beginning. Yeah, That was game. an interesting comment from him. Yeah. And, and I think that was very, that was very self-aware of him to say, and, and it made sense. You could see it while you were watching on the field. Second yeah. half looked much better. All right. Well, um, uh, let's go ahead. I want to look forward because as you said, Dan, no one expected us to be six and four, seven or three, six and four. If the Seahawks had been seven and three going into the, the bye week, I think my head would have exploded a little bit. Like <laughs> I, I just, I only ex- expected them to win five ish games. So already yeah. they have passed my expectations. But looking forward, this schedule is quite interesting because there are teams that at the beginning of the season, I would have thought Seattle could have probably won and and won pretty solidly. But those teams have stepped up and they're playing very differently than a lot than we thought they would. And then other teams like the Rams. Oh, my gosh. Well, what I mean, other than the injury bug, obviously, the Rams have really struggled. So I want to go ahead and take a look. Obviously we looking for the Raiders game this coming up Sunday. Once again, I really thought the AFC West was going to be one of the best divisions in football. I thought it was going to be super competitive at the beginning of the year. And it has just not fallen that way. I feel pretty good about Seattle playing against this Raiders team, especially since it's in Seattle, right? I'm pretty sure it's in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the last seven are. That's fantastic. Yeah, what are you feeling uh, about this Raiders for the last game? Seven. For, for the last seven, yeah. Okay. They're at Carolina, at Rams, and at Kansas City. Okay. What are you feeling about this Raiders team? I I, I don't know. I From what I've watched, and I've watched some Raiders games. I've watched a handful of them. I'm not overly impressed with what I'm seeing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They they had a solid win against the Broncos in, in overtime on Sunday night. And, and so I thought, okay, now maybe they're starting to feel it a little bit. First mm-hmm. year under Josh McDaniels and... And, uh, you know, that David Carr, Devontae Adams connection is getting going. Josh Jacobs is having a good year. The Raiders have some guys that can pressure the passer up front. You know, maybe they're starting to feel themselves a little bit. But, you know, uh, I spoke with Matt Holder of the Silver and Black Pride podcast this week, and he has no confidence at all that the Raiders are going to are going to show up this yeah, week. Against that the fan base is pretty sad right now. <laughs> they are. Um, but here's 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 my outlook on this. It really hasn't changed from what it has been all year, which is every single week to me is kind of a test. And let's see, let's see how they do. We haven't seen this young roster come out of a bye week yet. We haven't seen how they react to that. We haven't seen them in over a month 
react to a loss? How are they going to adjust to that mm. and, and fix some of those things uh, that were issues against Tampa Bay? Um, you know, Pete Carroll, I think historically, I'd, I'd have to look it up, but I feel like I think he, he since he's been with the Seahawks, I think they've performed pretty well coming off of buys. Mm-hmm. But usually those buys are much earlier in the season. I mean, I like this late buy. You know, you kind of feel like you're gearing up for the stretch run now. But there's a lot of unknowns, and and I don't think that changes week to week. And and plus, okay. the NFL is the NFL. The Raiders could could be feeling good after that walk off win in overtime against the Broncos and come in here flying high, feeling like they have nothing to lose. And they do have some talent. Oh, for um, sure. So we'll see. It's just another you know week by week by week. It's mm-hmm. you can look at the schedule and get sucked into the idea that you know they they might only be. Well, how can I put this? They might very well be favored in every game left on their schedule except the Kansas City game. I mean, that's that's how that schedule looks. San Francisco, too, you think? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, okay. Probably even at home. Well, you never know, though. Game, and it might be close. It might be. Dan, though, here's the thing with that. Those divisional games are always ranked a little different than the yeah. other ones because yeah. of the way they play each other. And to be honest with you, what I've seen this season is we are seeing a lot of inconsistency in these, in all football teams. Right. And so you never know sometimes anyone who plays fantasy football knows that uh, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And Um, even watching, you know, I'm, I'm, I've I've got the game on behind me here as we record this and and Detroit drove down the field, took a seven, nothing lead against the Buffalo bills. I mean, it's just, it's (laughs) the reason that I opted out this year of a pool that I used to play in every week where I'd pick the games. Mm -hmm. Cause it was just, I mean, it was hopeless. But yeah, San Francisco will be interesting to see how Vegas views that game. Actually, they usually yeah. give three points to the home team. Um, but it's uh, again, it's just a week by week test. And I just I, I can't wait to see how this goes. But I do feel like. It would be a disappointment if they don't play well Sunday. For sure. It, losing to the Raiders, and this is no true shade to the Raiders. I think that they're a team that are still trying to figure out who they are and who their coach is and all yeah, of those absolutely. other things. Um, but I think that it is, um, it would say something if Seattle didn't win this game, it, it would, it would say something that maybe some of the shine is coming off now, how big, I, I don't know, but I guess we would yeah. have to wait and see what fans think. But it, I mean, it you made a good point when you said that, you know, you were kind of waiting for that clunker game. Yeah. And, you know, San Francisco qualifies as that, but it was so early Mm -hmm. and this team was still trying to figure themselves out. And, and then the quarterback injury kind of mucked up that whole, that whole scenario. But Mm -hmm. um, it felt like that in the first half against Tampa Bay, and then they put things together, but yeah, you, you do feel like sometime in the next seven games, there might be that one kind of like that game. I remember the game at home against the New York giants a couple of years ago and Colt McCoy was playing quarterback and just oh, nothing, Colt McCoy. <laughs> nothing worked and they couldn't get anything going and they were just spinning their wheels. We haven't seen a full game of that. Let's hope we don't. Right. But it, it's just, it's something that gives you pause because it happens to every team in the NFL. It does without question. Now, um, after that Raiders game, we played the Rams and it was the first of two, two games against the Rams, yeah. which have been very late in the season, thinking how early we played the Niners and the Cardinals throughout the season. But both these games are in the, you know, the last six games of the season. I, I will tell you that, um, looking at the Rams, I, 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 as hard as this is for me to say as a Seahawks fan, um, I, I feel for that team right now that their, their injury yeah. is their injury list is a disaster. I mean, this is, they just put another player on um, injured reserve. 
their first and second quarterback out. Like they're playing their third stringer at this point. This is, this is the worst case scenario for, um, for a Super Bowl championship team. And so my football loving heart feels for them a little bit. My Seahawks fandom is like, holy crap, we might actually (laughs) beat the Rams this year. Um, I hate to ever say with divisional games that you feel really certain, but I I feel pretty good about both of those games just because of the situation. The Bobby Wagner factor will be there for sure in the emotional level of this game and that sort of thing for the Rams. I get that. But I, I just, I don't, I don't see their talent has been so depleted. I'm not so worried about the Rams game. It's, it's insane, isn't it? And, and, um, and I think because of the injuries, it's probably the reason that we aren't hearing more of an outcry about the Rams. We aren't hearing about McVeigh's job status. We aren't hearing about, you know, well, I am seeing some whispers from the LA Rams side of things and some of their, some of their fan sites and some of their, uh, the websites that cover them talking about, maybe this is the end of this roster and maybe it's time to start, start tearing it down and resetting a little bit. You know, they've, they sold out, they sold out for the Super Bowl run and traded a bunch of draft capital and spent a bunch of money on it to keep their big stars uh, trying to capitalize on this window. And I, I think they 100% expected to challenge for the Super Bowl this year. And the crazy thing, though, is even before these injuries really started, they weren't playing well when they had Matthew Stafford and when they had Cooper Cup. They weren't. And the offense wasn't performing at all. And now you don't have those guys. And, and as you mentioned it, like when the LA Rams are playing a quarterback or starting a quarterback that literally I've never heard of until this week. Never heard of him. Someone heard. asked me at the hospital I work at yesterday. They're like, Dana, who? because they're Chiefs fans here and they're playing the Rams this week. Yeah. And they were like, Dana, who's the quarterback? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look it up. I have no idea. I have yep. no idea. <laughs> never heard of him. I think I can, you know, I've every guy that just got drafted in the XFL last week, I've heard of, but I haven't <laughs> heard of the, the guy that who's going to be starting for the Rams this weekend. It's insane. And now, the news that you know Cooper Cup has surgery, he's going to be out now for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Stafford devastating to that team. Yeah. And Stafford's issues sound like it's something that's going to maybe cause him to to evaluate whether it's time for him to stop playing football. I mean, when you're talking about multiple concussions and now the necks involved, and and so yeah, it's you feel you don't want to pile on because that rivalry had gotten pretty intense for a couple of years, and and I'll never forget that that uh, that stomping that happened mm. at Lumen Field a few mm-hmm. years ago, uh, late in the season, um, that kind of announced that things had changed in the NFC West and the Rams were the top dog. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things though, just from a football perspective, when you look at what's remaining on the schedule, mm-hmm. that you have to feel pretty good about matching right. up against that team with, with where they're at. And so yeah. you, you look at what's left and, and I don't know what the magic number is, but it feels like if you get to 10 wins, You've got a shot to get into the playoffs as a wild card at, at minimum. And it's it's pretty, I don't want to use the word easy, but it's it's pretty reasonable it's, to look that's at. A good, that's a better word, yeah. Nothing's and, easy and, and in the NFL, it. but reasonable is, it's very yeah. reasonable. So the, the other teams that are left, um, other than we have the two Rams games, you have the 49ers games in Seattle, which obviously will be huge. 
Um, but they play the Panthers um, in Seattle, and then they play the Chiefs in Kansas City on Christmas Eve. And then they have the Jets. Now, I want to talk about the Panthers and the Jets for just a minute. Yeah. The Panthers started out very differently than we thought they would. We thought maybe with the bringing in Baker Mayfield, they might have some. They still had Christian McCaffrey on their team at that point. You mm-hmm. know, it was it was going to be maybe they were going to be an improved team. Maybe not good, but an improved team. Then the season came on and obviously did not go any way they wanted to. They then traded away Christian McCaffrey and they were running through their quarterbacks trying to figure out who's going to work, right? They have all three of them. Well, this week, Sam Darnold's going to start this week. Yeah. So who who knows what the Panthers are going to bring? But every once in a while, that Panthers team shows up and they make a surprise win. And that's kind of what I was leaning to when I was talking earlier about these teams playing not the way we, they thought that they would. The Jets is another team that is like that. Robert Sala really had them playing well. They were really fighting well. We're going to have the two best defensive rookies that have come out of the draft this year playing on mm-hmm. the team on the field that day. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But then this week they decided to bench Zach Wilson. Yeah. And so you feel like with both these teams, there are levels where they can play really well and maybe be really tough, and yet there's d- games where they can just completely fall apart too. Those two worry me, Dan. Those are the two that worry me because I don't mm-hmm. know what to expect. And that's how the NFL works, right? It's kind of like just what we're talking about. Those are two teams that that uh, even though the Jets had playoff aspirations, you know, but by the time that game rolls around, they're probably going to have nothing to play for, nothing right. to lose. Especially the, in that division. And, right? And the Panthers don't have anything to lose. And and those guys are playing for jobs because there's going to be a new coach and a new regime coming in. And, and um it, it's you just don't know. And and it'll be interesting to see how Sam Darnold plays again. And and as he gets another chance now, future Seahawks backup quarterback, Sam Darnold. Um, <laughs> by the way, you never know something is <laughs> happening at some point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those kinds of games do worry me. Um, but I think we'll see how this Sunday goes. You know, you're, you're coming home off a of bye. Everything should line up for you. You're playing a team you should beat. If they come out and execute really well and take care of that team, I'll feel a lot better about that Carolina matchup. The Jets matchup is a complete mystery because so much Mm -hmm. can happen between now and then. You know, Robert Sala has said emphatically that Zach Wilson's going to play again this year at some point. They're just going to work on his mechanics. That could be by then. So we could be facing, you know, the kid again. Um, I expect, you know, we could be facing Joe Flacco by then. And that would worry me maybe more than the other two because he's a veteran and he can make and he can manage a game so so we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it um we'll also have a much clearer picture about what that game means to seattle Mm -hmm. by the time we get to week 17 Uh, uh, it'll be week 17 technically i think technically (laughs) 18 who knows Um, i know it's so bizarre it just falls back into what i was saying earlier that it's just a it's a week more than any season i think i can ever remember with this team it's just a week to week fun test, mm-hmm. kind of a mystery. It's all gravy at this point, isn't it? It's, you know, that just, is because that this is, is all unexpected. This, that is the way I look at it. I, yeah. I'm still just thrilled. Like I'm, I'm so happy to see the rookies playing so well and the defensive scheme coming together and Shane Waldron's offense playing like it's all great. But the fan expectation has begun to change, Dan. They they oh, went into this 100%. season. If they either, lose this Sunday, you're going to hear oh, the know. sky is falling. I Fire know. them all. I, we're firing Pete again. <laughs> Fire out of nowhere. 
<laughs> but here's the thing, you know, they, we started out the season with, with these expectations of nothing, not having a clue, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, Oh, the Seahawks are going to get two wins, that sort of thing. And now we are here and all that expectations, even at six and four, which is technically middle of the road has just risen and they expect so much from them. What do you believe is the realistic expectation? I'm not looking for a prediction. I'm not looking that, you know, but is this team someone that could fight for the playoffs looking at the rest of the, the, the NFC, which has a lot of mediocre teams. I, I know yeah. I, I said on another podcast, I shouldn't word to use the word mediocre middle of the road, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, or do you think that we are going to get just enough wins that we can then, you know, be in the middle of the pack for the next draft pick? Not the Broncos draft pick, which I want to thank you very much, Broncos. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, to to properly answer that question, like if you really want to dig deep into that, you know, you'd have to look at the teams remaining on the schedule. The other teams in the NFC look at their remaining. You'd have to get real deep into it. Without that, just going based on feel, I think the Seahawks are a playoff team. I really Really? do. I think they're one of the best seven teams in the NFC. I don't think I think you look at every analytical measure. You look at DVOA, you look at some of the statistical measures, especially since that defensive turnaround showed up uh, in that first Cardinal game. And and I think that they match up well against any other team in the NFC. It's it just from a feel standpoint, from a balance standpoint, from a health standpoint. I think Seahawks are one of the healthiest teams in the right. NFC right now. We've been so lucky this year. Knock very, on every piece fortunate. of wood you can find. Yeah. Knock on wood. I think yeah. D. Eskridge is the other guy, the only guy that might not play Sunday, and that's not a loss. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it this feels like a team that that should make the playoffs. And it, and at this point, to use your word, I expect them to. I, I would be I would have I would be mildly disappointed if they didn't make the playoffs at this point, unless it's a scenario where they play really well, they lose a couple of close games, and other teams, you know, step up. Obviously, we're going to find out a lot on December fifteenth. That's gonna that's gonna dictate the narrative. If they can win that game, if they do well the next couple of weeks, obviously, mm-hmm. set the stage for that game and get a chance to to erase that tiebreaker that the 49ers own right now. Right. Um, you know, the 49ers clearly, I think are the best offense um, mm-hmm. now with Christian McCaffrey and the way they're operating that um, that defense has been banged up and they haven't played as well as their reputation in the last few weeks. Um, that's going to be a fascinating game, but they got to get to that game with the division still in play. Yeah. And when you look at the schedule, they should, I mean, right. there's a scenario, there's a scenario where I, I'm not afraid to use the word should, I think this is a good enough team that they should take care of Raiders Panthers, Rams. It, it would be, I'm trying to look. Let's see. If you look at this, the Niners schedule. So they play the Saints, which obviously Seattle lost against the Saints, but yeah. and they have their moments too. But then they have to play the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. Yeah. Uh, then they get the commanders who play well some days and not well the others. I, I mean, they they definitely have they have a couple challenges, but they have a couple of non-challenge games too. So it'll be interesting. It it feels almost pretty well balanced between the two of them. So they just have to play between and, Oh my God, here we are, Dan, once again, (laughs) Seattle and San Francisco, Seattle and San Francisco. It's like, really, are we there again? But we are, we are there. I know in the way they stack the schedule, you would think that, um, you know, 
they obviously didn't expect that. The league didn't expect that. No. You know, they threw the Rams at us the last part of the year, and and uh, and I don't think they expected. If they had, there would have been a later. I think they would have played the, the Niners later. Last, the yeah, yeah, I agree. Instead of the Rams, who I think they assumed were going to win, as did most of us, assumed yeah. they were going to win the division. All right, I have one more question for you before we wrap this up on our Thanksgiving Day recording of our of our podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, if you had to right now, would you extend Geno Smith? Ah, uh, can I cheat? Um, I yes, want I one hundred percent want to and expect them to extend him. Okay, uh, but I wouldn't do it today. If he okay. came to if he came to the team today and said, "I want." three years, $90 million. I would say, let's talk about after the season, because I, I do think it's, it's too hard. John Schneider is as good as any general manager in the league at judging the market and knowing what the mm-hmm. market is out there. I don't think you can do that right now. I think you need to get into the off season. I also think there's a scenario that first of all, as, as legitimate as I think what we're seeing from Geno Smith is, and I think it's it's a revelation. It really is. It's like this guy rose from the ashes. He is the Phoenix. And it's, <laughs> it's legitimate. It's a good new nickname. <laughs> we found that would be right. Yeah. I'm going to make t-shirts. One. I'm going to trade that <laughs> as soon as we get off here. The team, they had confidence in Geno Smith. They never saw this coming. What a blessing it is that they were able to fortify this, this roster with the young talent that they did this offseason. And that they have all the draft resources coming up. And poof. Here's this quarterback too. And they might not even have to, to use any of those draft resources, at least not the high ones on a quarterback this next off season. What a blessing that is, but let's also be careful, right? And let's, let's make the best business decision that we can. And I think there's a scenario that makes sense to me where you tag him at whatever the quarterback number mm. is. And I think I'm comfortable paying that tag number because he's good, mm-hmm. but that comes before the draft and you just don't know yet. Denver could end up with a top three pick. Oh my lord! I know. Thank you, Denver. <laughs> when you look at their look at their remaining schedule, right? It's not pretty. A, that's a fun exercise. They get the Chiefs twice. That's all you need to know, yeah. right? Yeah. And the Chargers again, and, and they're just not good. They're just yeah. not good. And so, if you get that, if you have a chance at a guy that you think can be a franchise shaping young quarterback, because now more and more it's looking like in this draft, this class that we thought was going to be so deep isn't that deep it's really two or three yeah yeah but if you get a shot at one of those guys and you think he can be the guy well then that might change how you approach Dino smith and so you tag him and then maybe you offer him a shorter extension while this other guy develops and you do take a quarterback high or maybe maybe you look to trade him if you're really that confident that a kid can play as as a rookie and so i i don't think you extend him today because you just don't need to. Mm -hmm. There's mutual interest there in making this work long-term. You have the franchise tag. They're going to use it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then we'll see how it works out from there. But uh, I just, I'm just thankful that they're in this position. What a great problem to have, you know, and and I'll tell you this too. Look, he still has some things to prove over the next seven games. We have yet to see Geno Smith with the ball in his hands down with a couple minutes left in the game drive the team down the field and win a football game. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen that from him yet. We've seen him put games away where they have the lead and it's within a score and he extends it. We've seen him answer when another team comes back and tightens it up. We haven't seen him come from behind and lead this team to a win yet. I'm not saying we have to see that in order for him to earn that contract, but uh, it would certainly play into the equation. I think. Yeah. I think it's a little side note, two things. One 
if all he wanted was three years, 90 million, that's 30 a year. I'd give it to him in a minute, Mm -hmm. just saying, because that is going to be a hell of a deal, I think, for what he could get from another team. And secondly, I think if they had just a little more time, we might have seen that come back at the end of the game from Tampa Bay. I think they just let Tampa Bay run out that clock. Yeah, yeah, I I, I was looking forward to it. I was hoping. I was hoping so. This could be that chance. But you're right. We need to see him actually physically do it. And I I agree with that, too. I'm thrilled with Gino and I'm I'm. I'm glad that it's I'll, okay. I'll tell you this from this standpoint, I've been starting to look really heavily at the draft and doing a lot of mock drafts. And it's really, really fun to play around with those draft picks oh, and not worry about quarterback. Like, yeah, you're talking about potentially had a four, lot of conversations like that. You're talking about yeah. three of the top 40 players in the draft right now with where Denver's pick is and, and four of the top 70. And it's you can really load up in some areas and get some dynamic players. It's it's a lot of fun. Oh, you know, I love that defense, Dan. I'd be all about that. That would be great. Well, thank you so much for taking time on your Thanksgiving to hang out with me and chat about this. We hope that all of our listeners out there are having a fantastic holiday. And, and we want to thank you. Of course, we are very grateful for you checking in with our podcast and hanging out with us as you do every single week. Um, we will both be back again next week. So we hope that everyone has a great Thanksgiving and we hope that we beat the Raiders. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.